Okay. We still don't know how to intro these things. Hi, welcome back. Hi! Episode four. And we've been recording all day. Yay! We're so tired. Episode three was a real downer, eh? (laughs) (laughs) It was really hard to be funny when you're like, oh, this is really sad. This is really awful. Okay. The feeling of like watching your kid die. There's just, we're, there's no jokes we can do. Mm-mm. Nothing. It Ain't was happening. so, last episode was dark and I'm sorry guys. Episode one and two were hysterical. This one does not get, not get any lighter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Oh, no. I don't know. So how was your week? Um, shit-tastic. How was your week? I accidentally left a voicemail for a client and mixed up their name and said, meth maker. <laughs> so, and then, uh. On their voicemail, right? Uh-huh. So, uh, I'm not going to say the real name for privacy reasons, but let's just say it was Seth Faker. And my head mixed some letters up and said, hi, this message is for Meth Maker. And, uh, did you go, oh no. And then, no, I heard, well, what I did is I, um, I tried to correct it and I was like, <clears throat> sorry, Seth Shaker, Faker, whatever. And then I recorded it and then I was like, well, that's fine. I could just do the thing where you hit pound and it's like two erase and re-record plus one okay so i was like pound and it just went like the dial tone (laughs) thing it does and i was like okay sometimes you have to press star so then i press star and then it just went and then no message (laughs) so i was like okay some of them are are the number nine last chance i hit nine and it was like beep and then i was like Oh, no. So not only did I say this message is for Meth Maker, at the end, they just got a lot of beep, beep, boop. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then I promptly tried to jump out the window and realize that for, I guess, reasons like that, the windows are secured shut so that we can't launch ourselves to our deaths. So that's how my week went. Oh, that's fun. I went to a therapist who uh, yelled at me for crying. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it was my first ever therapy appointment. Ever in the world, it took me so much just to work myself up to fucking go there. Because therapy is good. I wanted to go. I've wanted to go for a long time. I finally got the nerve to go. I sit there. She asks me about, like, the most traumatic thing in my life. So I start to cry. And she goes, are you, like, pregnant or something? (gasps) And I was like. I didn't know that. I was like, no. And she was like, well, you're, like, irrationally crying. (laughs) I'm like, you're at. I'm like, it was things that I had literally never said out loud to another human. Yeah. And this bitch is like, you're just being, you should not cry. It was honestly the worst and I'll never go back to her. Uh, Bitch, you better not confuse Mm -mm. my sensitivity for softness. Mm. I'll cry while I punch you in the mouth. I wanted, I had another appointment scheduled and I wanted to go and like face her, but I just can't even give it any more energy. So I called him and I said, I will no longer be coming to your facility. And she said, okay. And hung up the phone. (gasps) So... Yeah, maybe oh. I'll try another place. I'm honestly like shell shocked. I, I didn't know that's. I know you said you were like she made me feel bad for crying. Are you not supposed to cry at these things? But I, I didn't immediately know. went to my car and sent Dominique like eight videos chats of me bawling my eyes out, being like, and me <laughs> being super insensitive and like, is this a bad time to tell you that the editing didn't work and we have to redo it? <laughs> <laughs> seeing things like seeing what things like seeing a therapist be a bitch <laughs> That's a, you're definitely seeing that did she mean like you were seeing objects i don't know i went to a mental hospital when i was 16 and the girl there swore she saw a pink uh, alligator that lived under her bed oh, do you mean like that i guess i don't know yeah 
Because I told her that, like, with my anxiety, sometimes I'll be driving down the road and I'll be like, <gasps> the oh death scenarios. I'll be like, oh my God, what if my car wrecked? And then I'll just like see it in my head happening. And she was like, like, do you see things? Or do you hear voices? I was oh, like, no. No. Other than my inner monologue? No. Other than me inside my head That's not the trying monologue. to fight me from fucking uh. punching you right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'd like to see? You laid out on the floor. Also, calling me pregnant. The first, like, 15 minutes was her telling me about her, herself. And I was just like, all right. World's best therapist goes to. Wow. I will not mention her dumbass name. But. Oh, are you pregnant? She asked me, like, three or four times. But that's so rude. And every time I stopped talking, she would just stare at me. And I, and I, I literally at one point said, I feel like you're just sitting there judging me right now. She was, though. So you remember that time I offered to be your therapist and just draw boobs? <laughs> I'm still a better therapist. You're still a better therapist. <laughs> ah. I won't judge you and I'll draw your nipples perfect sizes. <laughs> if, if anything, you'll leave feeling better. You'd be like, if that's how you see me, then I feel good about myself. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was awful. I'm so that's great. I'm really sorry. It's okay. Please don't give up on therapy. Just give up uh, on her. I don't know. Well, I'll just give me a minute and I'll go back somewhere else. But I need a minute because. Ugh. <laughs> Have you ever thought about checking yourself into a mental hospital for a vacation? Because I do. Yeah, but I heard not to do that because apparently it's bad. Well, I mean, I spent two weeks in one. It wasn't that bad. I wouldn't allowed to have soda. That's about it. You can't have your phone. So kids can you can't watch call TV? you. Yeah, I watched. I, girl, I watched so much Pokemon. You can watch TV. Uh-huh. Oh no, it's not prison. <laughs> Why did I thought they took away like everything? No, and you were left with like a bed and nothing. No, but my roommate at the time did steal my underwear. I remember you telling me about that. She said, um, "I don't have any underwear left," and I went, "That sucks." And she's <laughs> like, "Can I borrow a pair of yours?" I was like, no. And I was 16 and Pirates of the Caribbean was huge. So a lot of my underwear had the Pirates of the Caribbean logo on it. <laughs> I guess that's how you're sexy. The difference between 16-year-olds now and 16-year-olds <laughs> when we were. My, mine had the pirate, And then she bent over later and I saw the big pirate symbol. <laughs> so then I promptly got one of the attendants and I was like, she's wearing my underwear. And if you don't believe it, you wrote our names on all the tags when we came here. So then they made her take them off. And then she's like, do you want us to wash them and give them back? And I was like, no, I would like you to throw them away in front of her. <laughs> so. They're like, all right, you're staying for a little longer. <laughs> so, I mean, no, it's not that bad other than that. But that was just a chance thing. But, yeah, I've often been like, if I check myself in for two weeks, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to deal with my kids. I don't have to clean my house. I can go to bed at 7 o'clock because that's when they make you go to bed anyway. And they're not going to let me eat a bunch of junk food, so I might lose some weight. (laughs) Doesn't sound that bad to me. Who was it? The famous, I can't remember what comedian was like. Sometimes I dream about getting in minor car wrecks so that I could stay in the hospital for three days and have a break. (laughs) I'm like, feel you. Feel you. Life. Life. (laughs) All right. So a therapist made you cry and accused you of being pregnant, and I accidentally left a message for Meth Maker. So we've, uh, we've had some good weeks. Um... And we're about to get real dark. So, like, do you have any ideas about who my murderer was? Because we said about the intent. About, but we not. So the only thing I can think of, and I'm probably wrong, is the Girl Scout murders in the '80s, where the guy broke into the tents and raped and murdered the girls, three Girl Scouts. Nope. Ah, that's all. That's the only tent murder I got. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, or my hint is terrible. When well, 
well, my joke is terrible. Why is sex and, and camping so good? Because it's intense. Oh. oh. Hey, um, why can you never streak in a camping area in the present? Because it's always past tense. Oh, my God. I yeah. Can't even, I can't. Yes. Dad jokes. Oh. All right. You want to start this murder? Let's go. Let's start this murder. Hey, I'm editing right now and had to drop in. Um, we said that we would shout out anybody who got, um, who guessed my story correctly. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Jessica from Texas. She's just one of my best friends and I love her so much and she got it right. So go you boo. She's at Jess Rocca on Instagram. Mwah. All right. So it's your time to tell a story and I'm going to curl up in this chair with this blanket because it's story time for Dom and I'm going to get my sippy cup of wine over here and I'm going to listen intently and this time I will try not intently. to intently intent oh <laughs> intently and I will try not we're so funny try not to interrupt you this time no like please do your episode no I mean I made some dumbass jokes so this time I'll, I'll try not and then I'll try not to make these noises ready over and over again <laughs> Are you ready? No. Yes. Sorry. Wrong answer. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm worried they can't hear me if I lay down, but I lay down. Okay. Wait, maybe if Just I... Just yell. No, Just lay down no yell. I'll lay down right next to you. Look, look. That way I'm still in the mic. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, ram me into the table. Okay. I'm ready. That's what you want. Ram me into the table. Do me like your homework. Pound me against the table and do me all night long. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Cut that part out. <laughs> is that how you flirt? Yeah, that's how I flirt. Okay, mm mm -hmm. this is the first case where criminal profiling was used. I might know this one. I'm not saying anything. All right, June 1973. The Yeager family, Marietta, mm -hmm. her husband Bill, and their five kids, three teens and two smaller children, decide to go camping. They oh, that was their first mistake. Camping sucks. <laughs> I love camping. To me, it's like, a way to have a poor vacation, but still spend a bunch of money because you have to buy the food. And if you don't have a camping equipment, the tent, I spent more money going camping for the first time than I would have if I went to the beach. See, I just go and my mom's already got all that stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> we're tagging on to your family vacation. I'm like camping. This is for the birds. <laughs> okay. They find the most perfect little campsite by the river and they are so excited. They had driven over 2,000 miles from their home in Detroit to reach Headwater State Park in Three Forks, Monta Monta Montana. Montana. <laughs> Hannah, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> but do you realize 2,000 miles? Okay. When I moved from Louisiana to here, it was 1,700 and it's a 17 hour drive. So 2,000. That's, That's a insane. Lot. That's days. That's like three days of driving. This was their first ever camping trip with all of the kids. Marietta's parents even came and everyone had taken the whole month off work. How do you do this, that? This was their first stop on like many stops to their dream vacation. Were they rich? No. How do you have time? How can you take a month off? I don't, I mean, I get like four weeks vacation. I could just be like, I want it all. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, okay. So when it got dark, the kids headed off to sleep in a tent while the parents slept in their camper truck. So they had a kid's tent. So all the little kids slept together and all the parents slept in the truck. I don't like that. Yeah, well. <laughs> I don't even like my kids sleeping on a different floor inside the house. Susie, their youngest at seven years old, came back for an extra kiss before they zipped up the tent and said goodnight. At one point, a train whistle woke up Susie and Heidi, who was 13, and they talked for a little bit before falling back asleep. 
Heidi woke before dawn to a cold breeze. A slash had been cut into the tent and Susie was gone. Heidi ran to wake her parents. They thought maybe she had gone to use the bathroom, but once they saw the slit in the tent, their hearts sank. The two little stuffed lambs she always slept with were laying nearby. Somebody cut in the tent without waking up anybody? Mm-hmm. Bill drove into Three Forks and contacted the police. Officers and search parties immediately began searching on foot, boat, horse, and plane. They found footprints in the dew leading from the tent to a parking area with no cars in sight. They decided to contact the FBI immediately. Um, FBI will join on kidnappings if there's like a possibility of interstate travel. So I guess it was near the interstate and that's so the only they way they'll really get to another. Yeah, okay. Um, they showed up immediately. This would become the largest search in Montana history. They began dragging the river by the campsite and Marietta said, this, the terror was overwhelming. They kept bringing up the net and every time I didn't know if Susie would be there. You imagine? Oh, worst nightmare. <gasps> Police were concerned because five years prior, a boy scout was found to be stabbed in his tent while the other, while the other scouts slept. This was the same campsite, which made it a strong possibility that it was the same person. They received hundreds of tips. One caller urged police to look into their neighbor, describing him as odd. Police went to his home, but found nothing suspicious. One week after the kidnapping, a deputy received a call at his home. His wife answered. The caller claimed that he had Susie and demanded a $50,000 ransom. To prove that he had her, he described a deformity to the nails on her index fingers. The police report didn't have this in Susie's description, so they didn't believe it, but her parents ended up confirming that, that she did have that deformity. They just forgot to tell her. Wow. Um, the caller said he would call back about a drop-off location and time, but he never did. This was absolutely heartbreaking for the family because the ransom gave them a little bit of hope that maybe they could get their daughter back. Marietta refused to go back to their home state until they were a whole family again, but one month after Susie went missing, they were forced to go. Because they had to get back to work. Wow. Can you imagine? Going back to work while your kid's just missing. Well, apparently, I don't think she worked, but he had to go. So it's like, can you imagine leaving the place where your kid was last seen and not knowing what happened to I would to stay them? behind. When they got home to Michigan, they were met by the FBI who arranged for a recording device to be put on their phone. So tap their lines. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the family printed over 10,000 flyers and sent them to every police station they could think of. But months and months passed with no news. Marietta never left the phone ever. In five months, she left her home one time for 10 minutes and a kidnapper called. Right then. <gasps> uh-uh. Yeah. The first time she had left her house in five months, he called. Um, her son answered and demanded his sister. The caller asked if his mother was there. And when he said no, the caller only complained about the FBI and the police and then hung up. Wow. Marietta walked in literally as he was hanging the phone up and called the FBI. The call was traced to a diner, but nothing came of it. In the meantime, a 19-year-old woman, Sandra Smalligan, had disappeared less than 10 miles from the campground. Police went on a search for her car. They drove around every road in the area. One officer found fresh-looking tire tracks at an abandoned farm, and when he got out to investigate, he found a pair of women's underwear. This prompted him to conduct a more thorough search. When he checked a nearby barn, he discovered the door was oddly nailed shut, so he kicked it in. Inside was Sandra's car, but there was no trace of her. Five square miles surrounding the barn were searched. Two days in, they came across a 55-gallon drum that had recently held fire. Inside, they found over 1,200 bone fragments. They belonged to Sandra. 
Oh, man. Investigators feared that this was the same person who abducted Susie because it was a very small area and nothing like this ever happened there. So they were like, this has to be connected. Okay. Investigators from both cases would often eat lunch together and a local contractor named David Meerhofer would always stop by their table to talk about the case. This was the man police had questioned the week after Susie's disappearance, but found nothing suspicious. As we know, and they know, people who are overly helpful and involved <gasps> usually have insert to do themselves with it. into the case. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, David surfaced as a suspect again when they found out that he had dated Sandra and was familiar with the area while they found her remains. He was asked to take a polygraph and pass with flying collars. They then gave him true serum, and he calmly answered every question and was cleared. They had run out of faith in suspects. This is when they met with the newest department at the FBI. They met with Patrick Mullaney with the criminal profiling department. Patrick and his team combed over crime scene photos and other evidence and came up with this profile. They suspected it was a white male with military training because they were so able to cut into a freaking tent. No one else noticed. Um, They had to have physical strength. Um, They thought they were a loner and possible schizophrenic. Schizophrenic. What's the word? Schizophrenic. Okay. Of average intelligence and probably like to collect trophies, including body parts, in that Susie was likely dead. So when you said like to collect, my brain tried to auto fill in like Google, and I heard you say like to tickle. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) I got really confused. Because you know, you remember how we talked about the inner monologue? Some people have it, some people don't. Well, my inner monologue also tries to auto-fill in, like, Google predict text. And you You're said, like, like, to collect, and my head heard, like, to tickle. Because <laughs> you're like, like, you've messed up so many times, let me try to correct you. And all I can think of is, like, how would they know he'd like to tickle? <laughs> <laughs> so can we talk about, like, how insane fucking criminal profiling is? How do they, like, the stuff that they can tell just by some evidence is so insane to me. Well... And I've read a thing about it because you ever watch Criminal Minds? They yeah. discuss some of it. It's like one, they can usually tell the 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 perpetrator's race because it's very unlikely that um, an offender will go interracial. So usually, if you're white, you attack white. If you're black, you attack black. And they said that Asian and Mexican statistics are so light that they can't actually confirm it with their races either because apparently they don't actually have enough crimes on record. But and they also say it's like. If they do it this way, that means they probably live with their mom. And it's like... It's so crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. Or they could tell, like, what career they do. It's amazing. Like, how do you know that he likes to cr- collect trophies whenever, like, everything of hers was still there? Like, yeah. It's like, how do you know these things? Well, maybe the panties left behind. They thought it was supposed to be a trophy and it fell. Maybe. I don't know. Again, David fit the profile. FBI took this back to local police who refused this because he had already taken the true serum and lie detector. Because that's 100%. You know. Yeah. Nobody could fake any of that. <laughs> right. FBI informed them that since they believe he is a schizophrenic, schizophrenic, that <laughs> he suffers from schizophrenia. Yep. That he can <laughs> disassociate himself so far that he may believe he's actually being truthful. Yeah. They agreed to disagree, but the criminal profilers made an odd prediction that the kidnapper would contact the Jaegers again on the anniversary of the event to celebrate his killing, much like a normal person would celebrate any anniversary. Marietta does an interview in the days before the one-year mark of Susie's kidnapping to try and coax him out. 
She spoke directly into the TV and said that her religion had allowed her to feel sorry for the kidnapper and that she wanted to forgive him so that she would like to talk. She was a very passionate Catholic. Um, she's very involved in the church and everything like that. Her faith has only grown since all of this. Well, also, a lot of times when they uh, they do their press to, to reach the killer, they do try to say, empathize with the killer so the killer feels bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I'd be like, look, I forget. You know what? Fuck you. Never mind. I don't. Come find me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to draw you out that way. My address is... <laughs> June 25th, 1974, at 2 a.m., she gets a call and a man says, is this Susie's mom? Well, I'm the guy who took her from you one year ago today to the minute. And then the line went dead. Did Um, we know it was 2 a.m. before? Because we didn't have a time. Mm -mm. Oh, man. Another call came a few minutes later. The man said he had Susie and that she was doing great. Marietta asked for proof, and he said that he couldn't do that because she was asleep in his cabin nearby. She told him things like, I feel sorry for you. I'm praying for you. She was totally calm and composed for over an hour. Wow. Like an hour and a half on the phone with your daughter's kidnapper. Yeah. Could they trace the call? By the end of the call, the man on the line was sobbing. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, sadly, shittily, the call trace didn't work. So she took that hour and a half phone call trying to get as much time on there as she possibly could with him so that they could tap it and trace it and... It didn't work. Something messed up with one of the phone companies and they couldn't get the full trace. She just talked to the man that she knows kidnapped and probably killed her youngest child for nothing and no new leads. One month later, a rancher called police to inform them that someone tapped into his phone line at the pole and a call to the Jaeger home had shown on his bill and he did not place it. When asked who that he knew that was really familiar with the area of his ranch, David's name came up. David had worked on the ranch, and that guy stated that he was an ex-communication specialist for the Marines, and that David could definitely know how to tap a line from a pole like that. Yeah. Police had to get him talking somehow, so they looked into a new technology called voice print analysis. Definition. VPA analyzes audio files for speech, non-speech detection, language identification, and speaker identification. Don't really know a lot about it, but it basically prints out a print of your voice and like you can match it by different points on it to another recording. Pretty cool. I haven't really heard about it before. Basically, experts compared some audio from the calls the Jaeger recorded with a clip from David's interview and it was a match. They confront him with this info and Mirhofer laughed and said he was unimpressed. He said that he had some family members who sound like him, so they couldn't really prove anything. So police were like, Oh, okay, asshole, then name every single person that you think you sound like and get them together for us. <laughs> so. And then watch, he gets a whole, like, it just makes me think of SpongeBob Plankton's army. He suddenly got a whole bunch of rednecks who all sound like him, and he's like, here, now suck my dick. And then his cousin over here is like, yeah, suck my dick. And then they're like, oh, that's just awful. That's not funny. <laughs> they stuck everybody that he named into a room and telephoned Marietta. Each had a number and the same few lines to read, and she said she knew instantly which one it was. This was all circumstantial, of course, and police thought, well, if he'll break down sobbing over the phone with her, what will he do in person? So they fly her out and schedule a meeting. So on September 12, 1974, she met at his attorney's office. She looked him straight in the face, and she, she said that his eyes told her that he was mentally ill. And I officially was like, do my eyes say that I'm mentally ill? I don't know. Look at me real close. Do I, I don't look, know. Do I? You'll, you'll have to kiss me. 
That's how I flirt. And that's how I get you. Oh, yeah. You got me. <laughs> well, hey, your dumb ass leaned right into me. It worked. <laughs> hey, did I tell you about the time I got somebody's phone number by saying, I lost my number. Can I have yours? And it worked. That's really sad. That, that, that worked. it worked? Yeah. I hope she listens and hears that. But also, you're dumbassing right into my face. So, <laughs> why are you trying to hit on me in the middle of a murder story? Well, I mean, that's we, kind look, of that's kind of perfect. Okay. <laughs> we gotta lighten it somehow. Okay. Um, he insisted his innocence the whole time. They spoke for over an hour, and he did not crack. The lawyer finally called the meeting, and she tightly shook David's hand and left. She said she never wanted to let go because she wanted to just be- drag him down. Oh, really? I <laughs> thought maybe it's because she could feel something. Oh, no, that'd be cool, though. <laughs> like, I can feel my daughter through you or something. Ugh. Deputies are aggravated at this point. They put him under 24-hour surveillance. I can't hear you. You're talking really low. You're getting lower. as Really? It? Yeah. Deputies are... Ag- <laughs> All right, assholes. <laughs> Deputies are aggravated at this point. They put him under 24-hour surveillance and taunted him by making it extremely obvious that they were checking him out. One year after the first Jaeger call, a man called and Susie's mother answered. He said something like, hello, Susie's mom. This is Mr. Travis. <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she immediately goes, hello, David. <laughs> <laughs> and he broke down crying. Mom immediately. sass right there. He's like, she's like, hello, David. And he's like, <laughs> she told him to stop playing games with her. And he just kept insisting he was Mr. Travis. He played a recording for her of a young girl to try and prove Susie was alive, but Marietta could obviously tell that it was not her kid's voice. Like, come on, my dude. (laughs) Um, After multiple times of calling her David, he slipped up and mentioned something they talked about at his attorney's office. Um, And when he realized this, he got very emotional and said, you will never see her again and slammed the phone down. She called the FBI and they were able to trace the call to a hotel payphone, but he was gone before they arrived. Since he played a little girl's voice, everyone was freaking out and wondering if he had actually taken another child. Or it was just a recording from an episode of Barney. (laughs) They're like, is it clean up time? Clean up, clean. Just imagine him trying to use some bullshit clip. Well, the clip said, it's okay, mommy. The man's okay. He's not going to hurt me. (gasps) You didn't say that. Well, I mean. (laughs) Did you you listen to it? Yes. No. No? No. There was like, (sighs) there was like a clip, but I don't think it was an actual clip. Oh. Um, they decided they could not wait any longer and they got approval to arrest and on September 29th 1974 David Meerhofer was taken into custody and a search warrant was executed did he cry? I bet you he cried he just seemed like he would Probably. <laughs> he no. called her, her, his one phone call in prison is Susie's mom oh, oh my god <laughs> Probably. What a and little... she's like what David <laughs> leave me alone David <laughs> So, remember how the profiler said he probably likes to keep souvenirs? No. No, no, no. No. Inside his freezer. Oh, God. Oh, you're cringing. I can't. Were parts of Sandra wrapped in butcher paper marked with her initials. <gasps> they also found a human hand with two severed index fingers inside. So, he couldn't identify. They couldn't identify her little fingers with the. Oh. Mm. So, uh, police received a call from David's lawyer advising he was going to confess to four murders. They were shocked because, um, like, they caught him frozen-handed. Frozen? Oh, you wrote that down. <laughs> I wrote that joke you down. You wrote that joke down. <laughs> was Girl, it not good? I, I must say it was pretty cold. <laughs> oh! I didn't write that one down. <laughs> Whatever noise that was, it just came uh, from your body. Was uh, it ready? Ow! 
Oh, and then you go, I feel good. And yeah, that's how that starts. No, this does not feel good. <laughs> he told them that in 1967, when he was a high school senior, he had a confrontation with a classmate and ended up shooting the classmate's younger brother for revenge. Uh-uh. Bernard Pullman was just 13 years old. The brother he shot? Mm-hmm. So you're mad and you shoot your friend's brother? Mm-hmm. His second murder... I would have just blocked him on Facebook. <laughs> this, this is the fucking I, 67. I'm aware of that. But even in the 60s, I wouldn't have shot somebody. I'd have been like, well, I'm going to take the phone off the hook and hey, you can't call hey, me. Hey, he's crazy. Oh. Yeah. His second murder was the Boy Scout from the beginning of the story. <gasps> so they were right. Mm-hmm. Oh. He did this to get back at the troop because they had kicked him out when he was younger. The victim, Michael Rainey, was just 12. Susie was his next victim. She was a seven-year-old who was said to be very thoughtful for her age. Ugh. He said that he ended up having to choke her when she tried to make noise until they could get far enough from the campground to not be heard. Um, I saw in one article where her mother was interviewed that he had kept her alive in a broom closet for two weeks considering ransom. I didn't see that anywhere else, but that's what her mom said in an interview. Um, he eventually ended up strangling her dismembered her and burned her at this i can't hear you for real i'm sure it's fine i'm just saying like as you start talking you start just because it's you're, you're defeated <laughs> I, know. I know that's what, what's happening is you're getting sad and you're like <laughs> you're like if i talk real quiet i don't have to make anyone sad <laughs> he eventually strangled her dismembered her burned her at the same ranch as sandra and then scattered her remains including putting her head into an outhouse hole Oh, that's um, shitty. They also speculate that she was cannibalized. What made them think that? The meat and the fucking... Oh, my God. But I don't... There wasn't anything I could else I could find. I even went back and like read really old articles from the actual time and didn't say anything about it, but her mom said it in an interview, so... Probably. She would know more than a yeah. reporter would. Yeah. Wow. So the fourth and last murder was Sandra. She was 19 years old. She had refused to date him, and he hated that. He said that he only meant to abduct her, but when he duct-taped her face, he accidentally covered her nose, and she suffocated while he was packing a bag for her. Uh-uh. Yeah. But do you notice the pattern? All his murders were not out of murder. Like, not murder to murder. There Except were revenge. for Susie. There were revenge. Yeah, he didn't have anything. Revenge or, like, accident yeah. because of revenge. I wonder what... But what, what sets him off with Susie? I don't know. Because she wasn't... And he's all over the place. Like a 13-year-old boy, a Boy Scout, an, a 19-year-old woman, a 7-year-old girl. Yeah. I don't know. Psycho knows no bounds, though, I guess. So, deputies returned him to jail. And even though they promised to take the death penalty off the table, as long as he cooperated, he hung himself with a towel four hours after his confession. He fucking, sorry, I need to stop cursing so much. He killed himself? Four hours after he confessed. So there's no more details we can get from him. No justice. He can't be convicted. There's no justice. It's like we said, was it in episode one? Yeah. Stop killing yourself once you're caught. We want your justice. If you want to do it before you start killing people, whatever. But once you're in prison, don't. With a you, towel. You owe it. How? I don't know. You owe it to these people to just... 
I could just go on forever. With a towel! Yeah. Okay. All right. So, jump to 2005. Some personal items belonging to Sandra were found by construction workers who were renovating a garage. Like a big city garage. Okay. The items were hidden in a wall. It was her <gasps> wallet, ID cards, and a small notebook. All I've items. heard of this. Really? I've heard of, like, they, they found stuff from a, a, a murder, but it was solved. But they found... Yeah, I've heard of this. Yep. All items were returned to the family. Um, Marietta is now an advocate against the death penalty. Because I guess... I don't really... Uh, she's a Christian. She doesn't. A lot of a lot of the Catholics or Christians believe you don't take a life for a life. Well, that and I think that she thinks since he thought he was going to get the death penalty, like he went ahead and did it anyway, like before he could. Maybe I don't know. But here are some quotes from her: "Loved ones wrenched from our lives by violent crime deserve more beautiful, noble, and honorable memorials than premeditated state-sanctioned killings. By becoming that which we deplore." People who kill people. We insult the sacred memory of all of our precious victims. In my case, my own daughter was such a gift of joy and sweetness and beauty that to kill someone in her name would have been to violate and profane the goodness of her life. I know, I'm crying. Yeah, that's like, if you're taking a life because they took a life, then you're no better than them is what she's saying. And she's saying, like, don't kill someone in my tiny daughter's In the name of, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's so. Oh, my gosh. I I cried when I read that and wrote it. I'm crying right now. Um, Maybe I'm pregnant. Oh, my God. That bitch. (laughs) Um, I wanted to go ahead and give some credit. Um, I got some of the information from the Alicia Patterson Foundation. Um, with an article called Forgiving Someone Who Kills Your Loved Ones Seems Impossible Until It Isn't. And then there is a really good documentary. It used to be an old TV show. I'm not sure what it was called. They cut off the beginning, so I'm not sure. Um, but it's called Serial Killer David. It actually is called Serial Killer David Masterson. Because they changed his fucking last name for the whole documentary. Don't know why they're protecting that dumbass. But they changed his last name for the whole thing. Called him Masterson the whole time. Do you think it was to protect him, or they were just getting wrong information? Or no, it was definitely pr- to protect him, and I think it's maybe because he wasn't convicted. Oh, so yeah, I don't know. But yeah, but maybe they were trying to to keep uh, the case a little, so it wasn't if they did go to to a jury, it wasn't he could have a fair trial. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Oh, so if he kept trophies, what if? Susie's did he keep other than body parts? Nothing. Hmm. And how does the FBI fucking deter- like they they pretty much said including body parts? So it was kind of like we think he takes body parts, and then they found the body parts of the That's two why I like criminal minds. Like I'm over here, like how do you do that? It's so Love crazy. it. So this was one of the first ones where they actually used criminal. The criminal- first one. Is it the first one? The first one. Wow. I actually um. Uh, to give a hint to my next story, this isn't my like secret hint, but the guy you're speaking about who mm-hmm. actually invented the criminal profile, yep. interviews my guy. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, that was really upsetting. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was dark. Yeah. So you know what we need when it's dark? Uh, a light over the stove. <laughs> the lamest crap ever it's so good when i was like so do you want to say like and that's the light over the stove every time and you're like this is not days of our lives 
And that's the light over the stove. Good evening, uh, everyone. <laughs> this is Phoebe Judge, and this is criminal. Wouldn't it? I feel like, can you imagine future? We get shirts that's just an oven with a light <laughs> over top of it, and the light bulb's glowing, and it's like says the light over the stove. This on is it. my happy place. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. No, that's the fridge light. The fridge light. <laughs> this is my happy place. Uh, or my shirt design the other day, what I said. Uh, what, what did I say? True crime, glass of wine, and bed by nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I need a shirt that says this. Yes. That was, I like that one though. That was really good. It was really, oh God. Not How to be punny, but it was intense. Not known about. There was one pot, my favorite murder covered it very, very remember. early. And then one other like little YouTube miniseries. That's it. Like I've heard of it, but I don't, I, I couldn't tell you a name. But when you said something about the FBI profiling, and then when you said that they found her stuff in the parking garage, I do remember that. Yeah. That's insane. Cause that was years later. Mm-hmm. So I like mean, 40, like 40 fucking years later. Or her, is her mom still alive? Yeah. At, the, at 2005. Yes. That was ugh, 15 years well, no, ago. Sandra's mom at 2005. Yes. But what about yes. Susie's mom? She's still alive. Yes. She's still advocating. Yeah. Sometimes I like, I see these parents who do these amazing things after they suffer tragedies with their children. And I can't even fathom the strength they have inside. Cause like Damien could get sick and I'll be like, I'm over it. My life is done. <laughs> he has a, a stomach virus. I give up. But it's like these people's kids were taken from her, for her to say, I need to be the bigger person and not kill in her name. Can you, Imagine being on the phone with the person that you know has. That's another reason I knew this story. Probably killed your kid for over an hour, and you're just sitting there having to be so calm. Because I remember, I remember reading an article about that. She stayed on the phone and like calmed him. She reassured him that he still had a place in heaven. It's insane. Whoo! No, I couldn't have done it. Like I said, I'd have been like. Um, that's my address. Come find me. I'd be watching the time, and as soon as it got past the time I needed for the wiretap, I'd be like, "Listen, you tell me where the hell she is." Like I would be like, mm, I'm "Coming to get you." <laughs> what, David? Isn't that so good? He's like, "This is Mr. Travis," and she's like, oh, yeah. "Okay, okay, David." David. <laughs> All right, David. Nice name you made up. Whatever David. you say, Travis. Yeah. Mr. Your middle, Mr. Travis. Mr. Travis is your middle name, David. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So normally this is where we do like weird deaths or funny stories for our light over the stove. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds worse the more I say it. So what are you doing? I'm going to do crazy Florida headlines. What the Florida? <laughs> That's the WTF. What the Florida? Okay. You got some good ones. I heard you snapping some screenshots and laughing to yourself (laughs) earlier. So the first one Uh is just so Florida I can't even handle it. (laughs) Florida man charged with assault with a deadly weapon after throwing alligator through the Wendy's (laughs) drive-thru. Did he scream, see you later, alligator? Oh my god. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. Oh. Sorry, I snorted right in the mic. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> See you later, alligator. And they're like running from the alligator. In a wild crocodile. <laughs> That's so stupid. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. So you know how, like, when you track flights, it shows, like, a straight line, like, where the flight has the been? The flight pattern, yeah. Um, <laughs> Florida man suspected of using private plane to draw giant, giant dick on radar. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have a picture? <laughs> His balls are a little square. <laughs> and he, uh, he seems to have some faith in himself because he's very well endowed in yeah. comparison. <laughs> <laughs> like right. I saw the thing where once somebody had a fitness tracker and they ran the pattern that said will you marry me so that their wife or their girlfriend would see it um, but I think I like the dick and balls better <laughs> I like the dick and balls better <laughs> um, accused Florida man says that his cat tried to download child porn not him <laughs> maybe, maybe it was trying to get kitty porn <laughs> <laughs> and just to make sure everyone hears K-I-T-T-Y <laughs> Kitty boy. <laughs> I'm killing it with these <laughs> You're not even ready for this one Are you ready for this? <laughs> Can I make a joke off of it? Yes <laughs> My whole life's a joke So I'm ready Thousands of gun owners in Florida Planning to shoot down Hurricane Irma I remember this <laughs> Yes Me too <laughs> Are you ready? No Florida man, oh God, Florida man bites off his brother's penis, <laughs> no listen, after he walks in on his brother having sex with his cousin in his favorite Dragon Ball Z blanket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it sounds like his brother was just a dick. Because he bit off his dick. <laughs> I cannot. All right, last one before you have a heart attack. Um, I can't breathe. I'm a need my inhaler. <laughs> Florida man denies drinking and driving. Says he only swigged bourbon at stop signs when he was stopped. Well, he wasn't drinking and driving. <laughs> but I'll tell you right now what my dad always says. You should never drink and drive because you might hit a bump and spill some. <laughs> <laughs> that noise is me throwing the pen at her. <laughs> oh, no. I can't pick it up. Oh, those were some good ones. I mm. wish you had more. I mean, I can, nah, we'll, we'll save, we'll get, we got many episodes ahead. I could honestly listen to Florida Man all day. Mm. What was it, the one earlier, you are like, Florida Man robs, uh, oh, he quits Burger King. And stole all <laughs> and the stole nuggets. all the nuggets, and all I could say was, it's all about that nug life. <laughs> <laughs> or, I, I heard one once, I don't know if it was Florida, though, it was like, a guy gets pulled over because he's riding in a stolen truck. And then the cops are like, you can't leave. You need to call a ride. And then, so he calls his brother. And his brother shows up to pick him up, also in a stolen truck. <laughs> okay, dumbass. I mean, if you got to pick up your brother and you know you're going to be around cops, at least take a vehicle that's registered. <laughs> Just... <laughs> The one about the guy biting the dick off because he was sleeping with his cousin. And his favorite Dragon Ball Z blanket. Gosh, you're on my blanket, man. <laughs> That's my favorite Dragon Ball Z blanket. I think it's somebody. You've got our cousin. <laughs> I think if somebody slept with somebody on my favorite Little Mermaid blanket, I would go through some extreme would length. You bite off their dick? Because we have some things to talk about if that's what you were going to do. I don't know what upsets me more. The fact that he was upset that he fucked his cousin. 
or that it was on the blanket, or he was willing to put his cousin's dick in his mouth. <laughs> Do you think he did it and then yelled, no homo, real quick, right? <laughs> just a preference. It's not me being gay. I'm just really pissed off. <laughs> That's when you know you're mad. You go full gay. <laughs> full violent gay. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> I need to stop. This is so. My, I'm gonna get a six pack. Uh, I think that's so good. Oh, well, I don't want it to. I'm, I'm literally running the clock so that you will look up more. No, I'm not doing it. Girl, I'm like an addict, and I'm over here like, give me more. Come on, girl. And you're like, you've had enough. <laughs> okay, so, so is your hint gonna be just what you said? I think that's the best I can come up without without giving it away. Earlier, I did mention that we'll hear from that FBI profiler. Because he does interview my guy. But also, my really morbid, gross hint is this killer will literally get inside your head. And it sounds real good until I tell the story and then you realize I made a joke from that. And you're just going to be really upset. (laughs) Like, ew, Dom, ew. (laughs) Too far. (laughs) No. No, he took it too far. It's never too far. It's not. So, okay. um, uh, This is where we plug stuff. Oh, um, follow us on Instagram, Wine About Murder Pod. And we have an email, and you wrote it down, and you took the paper away. We should know this. Damn I, it. I, I don't want to give them my email by accident. <laughs> I almost said the password by mistake earlier. Our password? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so our email is wineaboutmurder at yahoo.com. Wow, you would think that we could remember that. Well, I can't, I can't remember if it's Let's Wine, uh, but it's, it's, yeah. it is, clarify. Wine about murder at yahoo.com. Pretty much everything is wine about murder. If you have any really awesome Florida headlines you want to send in. Or anything good. Or anything at all. We need some light over the stoves. We don't want to do the same thing every time. But that Florida one was good. <laughs> I made so many good puns. I am so proud of myself. So punny, so punny. Um, what else? So we got our Instagram, our so yeah, um, and then you can email us if you have ideas or if you have a story you think it would be really funny to tell. Um, Cause I told the naked meth man story. <laughs> Do you guys have Twitter? Should we get Twitter? I don't have Twitter, but I'll get one if you really want me to. I don't care enough about Twitter. I'll get one. I if think I deleted mine. I only had mine cause I really liked my Twitter name. Yoda one for me. Cause it was a star Wars pun. We have to take that out because you gave us a five star review on our own podcast. <laughs> Well, shit. <laughs> oh my god, I, I need to stop using the same name. Yeah, because you know, I looked and you were like, "Oh, I used a made-up name." And then I went and looked, and I'm like, "Yoda one for me, bitch!" Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, but yeah, I don't, I don't do Twitter. It's lame. Like to me, it's, I don't know. It's just boring, and it's so political. I yeah, think. but it's very easy for people to talk to you on there. Cause I'm an old person. You can DM me. You can DM us at Instagram. Um, because we've got that. And we'll actually check our messages. Yeah. Or email us. And please let us know how we're doing. We're, we're actually fairly, like, follow us or whatever. Or how you do it on Spotify. And, like, for real, rate us and review us and tell us that you love us. Yeah. But, yeah. Because we really do care if you guys have some good suggestions. or We're on a really good first start. And I'm really happy about so? it. I think yeah. episode one was balling. Two was good. I feel like three was pretty dark, so it was hard to be funny. But we made a hell of a comeback in this one. <laughs> I will forever. We should make a shirt with a cat looking up cat porn 
Insane. It says kitty porn. <laughs> kitty porn. That was a, such a good pun. <laughs> I am coming up with them on the fly. Oh, that was really good. But I think I think we're done. I think we're done. We've, we drank a whole bottle. Actually, there's about one inch left. You're like, let me take Hold care on, of it. Hold on, wait, because I don't want to be a liar. Now, now we drink a whole bottle of Boone's Farm. <laughs> Yay! Because severed arms and sipping on Boone's Farm. Let's <laughs> what about murder. Okay, I'm done. Okay. I gotta go home. <laughs> All right, well, thanks guys for sticking around for four episodes. And uh, we can't wait to do that. I'm so excited about the next one. Like, so excited. It's so much info. Oh, uh, I typed 13 pages. So if I would have wrote it. Oh, man. Yeah. I would have wrote it. It would probably be twice as much. So for the next episode, get your Snuggie <laughs> yeah. and your tea or wine or whatever and be well, prepared. Our podcast is called Let's Wine About Murders. So, okay. But, I mean, if you don't want to, I mean, fine. We're not forcing you to drink. But I just don't drink. I know. Much. And I drink too much. <laughs> You're like, hey, that Epcot uh, like food and wine festival. And I was like, yeah, I went and I drank in seven countries. <laughs> And then I was passed out on the bench trying to come back, too, so I can meet Belle. So, yeah. Okay, I think we're done. You could probably cut all this shit out. Okay. Okay, love you, bye! Bye! Oh, there's no way I would Leo. But I'm Leo? Not, I wouldn't. Fuck! <laughs> there's no way I would Leo. I just can't talk this episode. That's okay, I can't talk ever. <laughs> this prompted him to conduct... Conduct... Fuck. Well, that's it. <laughs> the paper turn and the conduct. They had ran out of... They have... Flip oh. up. <laughs> they had run out of... Okay. Is that Mikey? What? Ice cream. Chocolate ice cream. <laughs> With some kind of fudge or cookie dough or something in it. Just give me that good good. Okay. okay You'll be that. in the episode now. <laughs> <laughs> This is a mess. I don't even know where the start point was. Should I just reread? Honestly, I should just put edit the whole section. <laughs> oh my god.